Hey everybody, welcome back to Gaming Otaku Bros, um, episode 2. Um, I am Indie Hero 5000 and here's my co-host, Cygnus. Hey everyone, how's it going? And we could jump into, you know, some My Hero, actually. Let's just start off with My Hero. That works for me. Um, after last time we talked, you know, I hadn't really been keeping up with any of that stuff, but... Based on what you had been saying, I was I was interested to jump back in, so I started in with season three. And yeah, uh, I, I love season three. That that was such a great season. Yeah, I I think I made it through the first arc of season three, like the first ten episodes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got sucked right back into it. I that show continues to just be great. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of things that happened in that season between the whole training at the off-resort camp in the middle of the woods with the wild wild pussycats yeah they, those characters were really cool i i was i kind of really loved all of them <laughs> they, they are just super wacky and funny and a little crazy at times as well um i, I wish they got to do a little bit more but you know i'm sure they do later but in the first 10 episodes you don't see them too much outside of a couple fights yeah, it, it was mostly more for getting training set up and getting, being in contact with everyone at the same time. I, I did like, um, and you'll have to forgive me, I'm I'm terrible with any of the names in the show, but I do like the one that can manipulate Earth. Oh, that's Pixie Bob. She, yeah, she is awesome. <laughs> yeah, she, she's, she is awesome. Yeah, like they, the they, whole I, intro to the their training thing where they're running through the woods and like all these creatures are coming up and they're fighting. Yeah, yeah that was like super cool. Yeah, all those dirt monsters. Of course, the giant dirt tsunami that she sent all flying down to the base of the mountain was hysterical. I had a blast watching through that. Um, and, then she, and then she tried to sexually assault like four of the classmates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was that one really funny line in there where it was like she's searching for her boyfriend or something or her her mate or something yeah yeah i got a yeah. kick out of that <laughs> yeah, she, was, she was hovering around izuku and tenya and bakugo and todoroki say, say, saying that she was going to groom them and i was like whoa okay hold on yeah we're getting into some weird territory here <laughs> they're only 15 calm down yeah but uh yeah outside of that weirdness the the rest of it was very cool i mean tiger still kind of cracks me up his whole introduction is my name's Tiger. I'm here to beat you to the ground. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that character's super cool, too. Yeah. Um, and as I, as I mentioned to you off, off the podcast, was that he is one of two characters that is actually confirmed transgender. Yeah, you did mention that. That's really cool that they, they uh, touch in on some of those, those topics. Because uh, I would have never really known if you didn't say that. So. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really known unless you actually read the manga because sure. the author actually posted it in that way. And even then, I wasn't sure until I actually got confirmed through other reputable sites that said, yeah, this character was originally female that actually went through the whole uh, uh, transformation to become male. And I was like, okay, that's really kind of cool. Yeah, that's very cool, actually. Uh, but yeah, after that, uh, I'm trying to remember what happened next. I watched them all in like succession, and then I haven't watched it for like a week now. Yeah. Uh. Well, after 
after like during their daytime train they tried to do a nighttime activity that's right yeah and they got attacked by the the villains while they were out there yeah she had muscular the guy who can make his muscles come out of his own oh man i i don't like that the character design is super cool but the visuals of these weird tendril things coming out of the skin i not not super cool with actually (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it was a bit weird the first time I had seen that or read that. I can't remember which was first at that point. Right. But yeah, it was just like, okay. Yeah, it was almost a little off-putting, but uh, the the fight between him and... Um, Izuku? Izuku, yeah. Our, uh, that was like really cool fight. And he basically yeah. just broke his own body to, to fight off the muscle dude. Unfortunately, we're still a bit of ways away before he actually learns to control that power. Yeah, but it's it's kind of a fun, you know, because he's going to be the Goku, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the Naruto. The... Yeah. So it's like he can fight you off, but it's going to destroy his body to do that. And I, I find that pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, and of course, you also found out that uh, little Koda's parents were the ones who actually fought him. And lost his life. Yeah, yeah. The the orphan kid that was there. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting little turn of events to discover yeah. that. I should have prefaced this before we started talking about this, but there will probably be spoilers in this conversation. I mean, it's season three, and we're up to season five, so I figured it's kind of old news for some people. Yeah, I mean, I think season three came out three years ago at this point. So. I apologize for not saying at the beginning of the conversation. But, um, <laughs> if anything, you tuned out. It's cool. But uh, that whole fight scene was super cool. I liked how he basically uh, broke himself, but could still use his legs to grab the the you know the little boy and yeah. like jump off the cliff to get away from him. <laughs> that whole scene was super cool. And then in the meantime, there was the one, the one villain that can like secrete poison gas. Yeah, that's, nothing's really known too much about him. No, but that whole scene with them, you know, trying to sneak up on him, you know, to fight him in this toxic cloud, and the and like I said, I'm terrible with the names, but the the one that was like holding his breath the whole time to go in and do massive attacks against him. Yeah, I think that was probably. Tetsu Tetsu, and that could turn into steel. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, his name is very uh, unoriginal. (laughs) His full name, name, and I am not joking here, is Tetsu 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 Tetsu. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, that is his full name. It's the the Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. This Kirishima has like a full name that's not just word repeated four times. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there was there was a lot of little sequences throughout that whole nighttime training segment that I thought was really well done, and yeah. uh, I had a blast watching through that. Yeah, uh, and of course, poor Bakugo got kidnapped. Yeah, Bakugo got taken, and so did so did one of the um, wild love pussy cats. Yeah, poor Ragdoll. Yeah, I I don't remember if you even get to really see her power. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to see something like that because her whole power is that she can see the weakness out of any person she looks at. 
which is sad because she basically just took a magnet to the face and fell to the ground. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that, that, that was a uh, that was Pixie Bob. Was it Pixie Bob? Oh yeah, it was Pixie yeah, Bob. Ragdoll was already gone. They just found where she was supposed to be with blood everywhere. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. She so it was Pixie that. Bob that just got smashed in the face then. Yeah. Yeah, basically all of them uh, <laughs> got, or, you know, their asses kicked in that fight. Uh, the the big the big guy that we were just talking about, oh, muscular, muscular tiger. Uh, tiger, is tiger. the is the only one that was like putting up a fight through most of yeah. that scene. Yeah, well, I mean, Mandalay just kind of stayed off away from everything so she can be in coordinate with. All yeah, the which made sense because like her whole power is to be able to speak to the minds and stuff of everybody around yeah. her. Which is, uh, in theory, a really cool power, but in a big battle scene, it, it doesn't show that well, you know? Yeah. But but they did some really cool moments with it that I appreciated. She meets up with uh, a couple of the characters that were running back from, a, you know, from the fights, and she was just yeah. like, all right, let me let me tell everybody what's going on right now. You know, because half of them were back at the, the main camp, and the other half were getting attacked in the woods, and... So it was a good way to get everybody on the same page at the same time. Like I said, I had I had a great time with all that. Um, I, I got issues with some of the show, but overall, I, I'm really enjoying it. And um, the first arc ends with the, a massive fight between All Might and um, One or All for One. The two arch rivals or arch enemies, I should say. Yeah, and that's about as far as I got was. Um, watching that fight scene to its end. There were some cool moments in there. Yeah. I, I, I wish that I wish there was a little bit more in the fight scenes because I I felt like a lot of that was just like Yeah, it was condensed down and it had a lot of flashbacks and it's like talks between all or uh, All Might and his previous master like master, I guess. Yeah. Well, it was the uh, previous holder of... Yeah, the previous holder of the... the yeah, so it kept flashing back to, like, little bits of that. And I, and I get that it was trying to set up a thing, but in, in the time, it was like, I just want to see this fight, and then you can tell me about all that stuff afterwards. But, well, I don't know. I mean, part of that was also just all for one trying to get into All Might's head as well. Yeah. I mean, now that, find out that, that you're... Your master's grandson is now in the hands of All for One. That's going to do some serious. Which was a really cool reveal as well, because I was always wondering why that, you know, that guy hated him so much. That really did add some cool, you know, background to some of those characters. I don't know. It's it's kind of just my issue with anime in general is I feel like they they do too much. You know, they'll they'll stretch out a fight scene for like an entire episode. But, ha you know, you only get, like, maybe a quarter of that of the actual fight, and the rest of it is just all this, like, filler stuff that's, you know. So, yeah. But it's it's not a bad thing. It's just kind of a, a pacing thing for me. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, the whole thing is just trying to get everything condensed down to just a few episodes because they're running on such a limited time. They yeah, for sure. For sure. They get in. And they're trying to pump out like 24 episodes in a season and, you know, which is pretty, that's a lot of episodes. 
Yeah, it's it's minor issues for me, but it's just little things that kind of bug me a bit. But overall, like the the ten episodes I watched in season three, I I loved. I can't wait to go back and watch the second half of season three. That's gonna be a interesting. I'm trying to remember what happened in that part. Yeah, I know that uh, they're getting set up to be able to use their powers now to help people or something like that. They're like being given permission to be able to use their powers outside of the school or something. Oh, that's right. Yes, thank you for reminding me that they're going to be doing their tests to get uh, licenses to where they can act as heroes when there is none available to the job. Right. So, right. so at, at this point, they, if, if, some, if they see something happening... They're supposed to kind of turn away and call for yeah. an, a hero to come in. Yeah, but now with the license, they'll be able to act in that stead as only for emergencies only. They're like emergency responders. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah I mean that's that, that's interesting because you get to see and and meet a lot of new characters that are from different schools and whatnot. You'll actually get to meet one of my favorite teachers, Miss Jokes who has found a way to really irritate Mr. Aizawa to like pull new level. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Uh, yeah. That's that's the other thing that uh would you say his name is Mr. Aizawa? Aizawa? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh Eraserhead. Yeah, Eraserhead. I love that guy. He's probably my favorite character in the whole show right now. I don't yeah, know why, he... it's just I I really like his power and I think he's just a cool design choice for the character. He does some cool stuff. Yeah, and I mean, his personality is just that laid back, but also very strict when he needs to be. I mean, there's like certain parts in, in the series where you just see him taking a nap in his sleeping bag, and you're just <laughs> like, oh, cool. Right. Yeah. He does seem like laid back and doesn't really care what, too much about what's going on around him, but whenever he has to act, He's, like, right there and super serious, you know? Yeah. Um, and his acrobatics are just, like, insane. Yeah, he, he's not afraid to jump and flip around, so... <laughs> he does some cool stuff. Uh, we didn't even talk about too much, but the whole, you know, the uh, the kids trying to sneak into the enemy base to save Bakugo. Oh, like, yeah. Like, all of that was super cool, too. I It was cracking me up when they have to get disguises. And they're, like, walking around acting like street thugs. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really funny. Yeah, so I was I was laughing about that. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my favorite part in all that, I think it was Todoroki who, who asked Momo why she couldn't just make all the costumes herself. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it turns out that she just wanted to go shopping. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I could do that, but, like, I want to go spend money. <laughs> Which is funny. So, uh, I think that's all I had on my hero. So unless you had anything else to say about it, I think we can just jump right into something else. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. I honestly don't remember what I was talking about because everything just crashed on my side. Right. Gotta right. love technology. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, moving on from there, unless you had, um, do you have anything else, like any other anime you were watching? Anything uh, crazy? Nothing too crazy. I've been keeping up with the season stuff. I don't 
really want to try and go through every episode for each episode or for <laughs> each episode we do of this. I would have no problem kind of going over like a brief thing after the season's done and just kind of get my thoughts on it, but that won't be until probably mid June. Yeah, that's 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 good for me. Just give little brief updates here and there on whatever you think is cool, you know. Yeah. But uh well from there, um I guess I I watched the finale to Falcon and the Winter Soldier and I can kind of briefly just talk about it. I don't have much to say about it. Um but I thought, you know, th- th- I thought the show was really good. It starts off a little slow. It really picked up towards the end. It had some really good messages in there. Uh you know, the the deal with racism and you know in America and all that stuff. I don't want to spoil too much for anybody because it it just aired, so I don't want to spoil anything for. I, I'll just say I I thought the villains were pretty weak for this series compared to you know some of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Um, it was a group called the Flag Smashers, and. They're basically like a rebel group of super soldiers. You know, they were fine. There were some cool character moments in there, but overall I thought they were kind of a, a boring villain for the most part. And you can't even necessarily say they're villains. They're just kind of, you know, they had an agenda, but they were going about doing it the wrong way. There were some really good character moments in there with uh, Falcon and and how he is taking on the responsibilities that were left to him from Captain America after the end game. And there were some really good moments for the Winter Soldier as well, and him dealing with um, basically his broken psyche, you know, because he was being manipulated and brainwashed for so many years, and this whole this whole series was him kind of coming to terms with yeah, I did some really bad stuff in the past, but that wasn't me. And him dealing with it and trying to overcome nightmares and stuff he was having with it and just trying to be a better person throughout it. So a little bit of character growth. Yeah, I actually thought there was a lot of character growth with the Winter Soldier in this one. And and I really like uh, the character of Bucky. Nice. So, but... Yeah, like I said, I don't want to spoil too much because it, it just aired, and um, you know maybe sometime down the line I'll talk more about it if it, if it becomes relevant. But um, if you're interested, if anybody's interested in the Marvel stuff, I I highly recommend watching it. I thought the show was really good. It was only six episodes long, but each episode was like fifty minutes to an hour. Um, not bad, not bad time length. Yeah, and it yeah. and it kind of sets up the future of you know, what could what could happen in the next arc of the movies. Um, it brings in some some old characters doing some new things. Is it meant to be canon to the movies? Oh yeah, for sure. It's a continuation okay. right after the last big movie, which was Endgame. Okay. Yeah. It's always, it's always hard to tell sometimes with those TV shows if it's meant to be canon or not. Yeah, no, what Disney has been doing recently is... Um, Everything they do is canon. Okay. So so their TV shows are directly connected to what's going on in the universe. You know, Uh, like the Mandalorian is canon. You know, it's it's set in a weird timeline in between some of the movies, but it's still canon. 
WandaVision takes place right after Endgame, and it sets up some character growth for Scarlet Witch. Um, and then now we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which sets up some future stuff for, you know, whenever people can get back to making big movies again. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be soon. Yeah, and um, I think May 4th, they start the new uh, Star Wars series called The Bad Batch that I'm looking forward to, but uh, right after that, they go into the new Loki TV series. And of I'm, course it's May 4th. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course. It's got to be uh, it's got to be that Star Wars holiday. So yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm I'm optimistic about that. I think it looks cool. It's an animated show. But I'm I'm really excited for Loki to start up in June because uh, mm. I I like that character a lot. And it's going to be a weird show. It looks like he's time jumping, you know, around. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's it's him yeah, actually. Yeah, being, yeah. Uh, the Get, give the god of mischief yeah. <laughs> a way to travel through time. That doesn't that doesn't sound terrible at all. Yeah. So the the trailer they showed looks really funny for it. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I, I really like Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I think he does a really good job. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. But you know, that's doesn't start until June. So. Uh, but that's okay. that's really all I got for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not not too much. I, I think I recommend it if you're if you're into Marvel stuff, and if you're not into Marvel, it's just more Marvel. So nice. Uh, but uh, for there, uh, we I guess we could uh, talk about some of the news that's been happening lately. I mean, we're yeah. it's been a couple weeks since we recorded last, so we have a few things to go over, like the Nintendo Indie Showcase that was back in April, um, the Resident Evil Showcase that was a couple weekends ago. There's some other random things we could talk about here and there, but uh, if we wanted to jump in, because I think the first thing that happened was the Nintendo Indie Showcase. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, and um, I kind of pulled up a little thing just to go over some of the stuff they announced. It it was a lot of, of course, indie games, because it was the Indie Showcase, but there were some really cool-looking things in there that I'm interested in. Yeah, I mean, there there were a few things that I was kind of like all right i'd be willing to check this out yeah and then and, you know and then there were some games and i'm like yeah it's that's cool it's for somebody not for me though you know yeah <laughs> but uh to kick it off i think they i'm i'm pulling up something from it's nintendolife.com that i got this stuff from so you know go give them a mm-hmm. click i guess if you if you want to um but the first thing they showed off was road 96 yeah this was kind of a interesting game where from what I could see was that there was like like three different characters or so that are all traveling on separate roads throughout the United States, I guess. Wasn't really explained. But the whole thing is, is that each thing they do has like a consequence to it. Like you can go up to a a like rest stop and you can either get on the bus or you can call for a taxi and depending on which way you go a special event will play out through that yeah it looked really interesting as far as like what can happen to you on this on this road that you're going down yeah and what one of my main questions was i was wondering if any of those characters will end up crossing paths with each other yeah as they're on this road because i thought oh, that could be kind of interesting yeah, yeah, it, I'm, 
I don't know if it's something I'm necessarily going to play, but I, I'm very interested to maybe check out a video of it down the line just to see. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested in watching like a stream of it, or if anyone, if my YouTubers decided to play it, just to kind of see what they go through in their playthrough of it. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at this right now, and it, it says it's a procedurally generated story uh, narrative focused game. Yeah. So, so it sounds like every time you jump into it, it's going to be a little bit different for you know which path you go down, which is really cool. Yeah. I'm very interested in that. Um, I know they they showed off Ollie Ollie World, which uh, is like a skateboarding game. Yeah, that wasn't something that I was really going to pick up. No, the so art style played, was good. Yeah, I played one of uh, the very first Ollie Ollie back on the Vita, and it was awesome. It's a really good like arcade kind of. Uh, skateboarding game it's got you know it's it's challenging because you got to be able to land the tricks and stuff but i really yeah. enjoyed the first game back in the day so i i might check this one out actually yeah i just never really been big into the skateboarding whole thing yeah for sure it's I, not for I, I thought i thought the art style looked good yeah. uh and, and also the gameplay did look extremely smooth with some of the tricks that the character was doing nothing yeah. seemed like it was like juddering a lot so i was like that's Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the one, even the one back in, uh, I don't even remember when the first one came out, but I played it on Vita. Uh, it ran really smooth back then too. So this one just looks like a a little bit bigger version of that game. Um, I you know I'll keep an eye on it. I think it looks fun. So even if you just like like stop and turn off the game, those four hundred days are still clicking through. And I was <laughs> kinda like like. I can't even get through 400 days of Animal Crossing. There's no way I'm going to be able to get through 400 days of this game. Yeah, but well, I mean, I guess if it continues playing, you can play it one day and then turn it off and check in a year later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I I don't remember much about the trailer, but I, I just remember, like, in my head, I remember it had a really unique uh, art style, too. Yeah, I, I love the art style. It's, like, all hands-on and stuff. Yeah, I just didn't know if I was going to be willing to play it for like 400 days. <laughs> right. or, I mean, honestly, I would be the type of person that played it for like a week and then like came back in like two years and everything's gone because 400 days have passed by. I was like, oh, right. cool. yeah, you get really into it for a month and then you forget about it and you come back later and it's like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, everyone's dead. The end. Oh, great. Cool. <laughs> yeah. One of the other things I'm really excited about that they announced was the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Uh, oh yeah, Revenge. the yeah the arcade arcade style game. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. I love the original uh, TMNT games. They're all super fun back on the NES and arcades and stuff like that. So uh, getting a brand new game that's in that same style, I'm really interested in playing. Yeah, it, it definitely looked interesting. I don't know if I would pick it up just because I was never into the Ninja Turtles when growing up. Oh, okay, yeah, I was and, a huge Ninja Turtles fan growing up. So, like I, at, at that point, I was watching Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, and Sailor Moon. So, I mean, I was already indoctrinated into the anime lifestyle when I was a kid. Gotcha. Yeah, I was I was a huge Turtles fan growing up. I had so many of the toys. <laughs> But 
uh, yeah, not not a whole lot to say on this one. It just looks like a really good arcade turtles game. So yeah, and I mean, I, I would hope that they have a uh, like a leveling balancing thing where you get to play as if it is the old style arcade and everything is just coming at you at once. <laughs> yeah, just, a... just bring back the nostalgic feel of knowing, oh shit, I'm gonna die. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you get like three lives and then game over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, there was a really funny moment in that trailer that I I really liked where they they're going through like an office building and all the foot you know soldiers are back typing on computers and then as soon as they see yeah. the turtles break in they all jump up rip their ties off and start fighting you. I was like, that's, yeah, that's super awesome. I can't wait. I mean, <laughs> I mean that that's definitely on par for the old arcade style. Yeah. I think they did. They did the same thing for like the Simpsons as well. Yeah, yeah. I I am looking forward to that. I don't remember when it said it was coming out, but I I feel like it was relatively soon. Yeah, it's it's hard to remember when it's been almost a full month since the indie showcase. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We we didn't record for a couple of weeks, but it's okay. Yeah. Um. The next one I saw was, I think it's called Hindsight and Last Stop. And it's yeah. It's an uh, Annapurna game, which I know they make some pretty uh, games, uh, pretty re- good games that people really like. I don't remember too much about the trailer for this one. I, than... It was honestly like only like, like, a, it's like a few minute trailer and they didn't really talk too much about it. Yeah. From what I from it. This is another one that had a unique art style to it. Yeah. But uh, we can move on. I don't have much to say about that one. I just know that people yeah. usually like Annapurna games. So. Yeah. One of the ones that I'm that I'm curious about was called Chris Tales. Chris Tales looked awesome. Yes. The art style I loved, and the whole time mechanic seemed really interesting. Yes. I'm curious to see how it's all going to kind of play through. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of like classic JRPGs, and this looked like it was very much up that same alley. Um, but it, yeah, it has that unique time traveling ability to it. Yeah, um, and that one I do think comes out pretty soon, like July. I, I'll, I'll I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, July twentieth. Okay, okay. So, I'll so that probably pick that up and play through that because it looks pretty good. Yeah. The other one that I would like to pick up was the Aztec Forgotten Gods. I was just about to say that. That game looks so much up my alley. Yeah. Um, I cannot wait to play that. Uh, I actually just read a news article the other day, I don't remember from where, but uh, saying that this indie game already has been picked up for possible movie rights. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, it must have something really going for it if they're already trying to pick it up for a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I yeah. mean, I I, lo- I love the whole atmosphere of it with the combination of the past and future because it was like a futuristic timeline. Yeah, it's like take the Aztec, you know, era and then just throw it into like super future. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna probably pick that one up. Yeah, it looks like a really good like uh, action game. Do we know when that one's coming out? Does it say on the website? I I don't know if that one got a release date or not. Okay. I feel like it said something like later this year or something. 
but I, I don't have it in okay. front of me. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. But it does it does look really good. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, so I mean this is like like a complete game to that. I would if you're definitely if you're interested in getting it, I would definitely recommend watching Mark play it because it was it it was definitely funny. I was laughing my butt off the entire time I was watching it. Interesting. Yeah, I might check that out. I don't know. Uh, this trailer didn't grab me too much. I'm not a huge like yeah. game click game person, so yeah. Uh, but you know, new game people might be into it. Yeah, uh, exactly. One that really... uh, there was also uh, there was actually also Skull from what I see on my list. Skull. I don't remember that. One. Oh, uh, that one kind of looked like uh, that you play as like the bug, like a Metroidvania style game. Yeah, I can't remember the. This one's very like reminiscent of some of those Metroidvania looking style action games. Yeah, it was just kind of. Interesting seeing how the character could switch abilities from what I remember from the trailer. So it's like he could pick up like another skull and it would change his abilities. Yeah, it looked pretty cool, actually. I'll pro- I might play it. I'm, I've been kind of getting into the roguelite stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm terrible at them. But um, the last couple that I've played, I've really, I've really been into... Uh, like uh, Hades, I absolutely dug Hades. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard so many good things about Hades, and I've heard of multiple people playing Hades and all that. I still haven't gotten into it. Just had other things on my, on my plate that I've been taking care of. Yeah, I've I've tried a few in the past, and they just never really clicked with me too much. But for some reason, Hades just really grabbed me, and I put uh, I don't know twenty, thirty hours into it. Hmm. And um, it's it's just got a really good way of telling the story, even though every time you die, you're technically starting over from the beginning, but the storyline is continuing. Yeah. And uh, Hades did a really good job of doing that. And so I'm, you know, if, if any game comes out that's like trying to do something like that, like maybe, I don't know, maybe the Skull game is going to do something like that too. I'll be interested. In, I'll probably check it out. I'm good on the indie showcase at this point. I don't think there was any other games that I saw that I was like really hooked on. I had a couple more that I saw in there that I was really interested in. Okay. So Konami actually announced a game um, called Getsu Fuma Den, The Undying Moon. Okay. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's like a remake or something of a, of a classic game, but I thought it looked really good. It's a, the art style looked really fun, and it's a you know just an old school hack and slash looking game. Yeah, um, so, you know, long name, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it looked really good, and I was just surprised to see Konami actually coming out and showing off something, you know, something new. Yeah, hopefully that means that they're getting things kind of amped up, and maybe E three they'll have something big to announce. Yeah, I could only hope so. Because uh, they have so many things that I, I want them to do, but they just don't do them too much anymore. But this is promising. I thought this game looked really, uh, really pretty, and the action looked really fun. So I will definitely pick this one up, if anything, just to show them that I'm interested in them making games again. Yeah. Um, and then I had one more. It was, uh, oh, Oxenfree 2. 
lost signals. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a like a narrative game adventure, and the, the original game was really cool. It was kind of spooky. You're on like an island, and you're going through, and you have a radio that you have to tune to certain frequencies to pick up like um, ghost talk and stuff like that. And it had, okay. Yeah, it had a really cool storyline um, that you had to discover the mystery on this little island, and it was it was kind of you know creepy, but you know not necessarily a scary game, just kind of a creepy game. Yeah. Um, that had a really cool uh, art style and stuff to it. So, uh, getting a sequel to that is really cool. So, I'm looking forward to trying that out as well. Okay. It says it's coming out in 2021, so we'll you know we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. As far as that, I don't think there was really anything else I was super interested in. I saw that they were bringing Fez to the Switch, which is that's a super old game by now, you know. But if you haven't played yeah. it yet, you know it's it's on the Switch now, so go for it. Yeah, I pretty much everything that I thought was interesting or that I thought people would be interested in. Yeah. Okay. No, I lied. There's one more thing. Okay. They showed off the House of the Dead. My wife is obsessed with the House of the Dead. Games. So okay, it's like I, I'm sure you've played them before. They're the ar- classic arcade shooters. Terrible yeah. dialogue, but they're just one of those classic arcade shooter games that you could, that you know, you would roll up to a, you know, an arcade or a bowling alley or whatever, and you'd go in and have the big old box with the guns, and you'd just shoot zombies on the screen but yeah they did a port of it back in the day for the for the Wii and that was mm-hmm. actually really fun because the motion controls kind of simulate that, that arcade feel so having this on the Switch I think will be really fun as well because uh, you know we love playing um, me and her both love playing those games together so yeah, I'm pretty excited to see them trying to bring that back nice and with that, now I'm done with the show. So, <laughs> are are you sure? I'm not sure, but you know, I, I just love video games, man. I, I <laughs> so um, it's like it's like going once, going twice, and moving on. Yeah, yeah I, I'm done. <laughs> um, going into the little bit of the Resident Evil showcase, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Most of the stuff is irrelevant by now because. Um, the the big thing they talked about was the demos and yeah because the game launches well, I mean, this week I think I think it comes out on Friday yeah I think so yeah so, so demos if I'm sure crazy story in May yeah I know right um but they showed off a new trailer for the game and I think the game looks really cool um I I probably won't play it because I'm terrible with scary games but I will. 100% watch my wife play through it. <laughs> so, it's it's weird. I can watch scary games all the time. Like, that doesn't bother me at all, but for some reason, when I have the controller in my hand, I, like, freak out and I can't play it. So <laughs> Yeah. But uh, I think it looks cool. The, the characters all look fun. Um, and it's going to continue the storyline from 7. Um, so hopefully yeah. we learn some cool things about Ethan, which was kind of a terrible protagonist from the last game but maybe they'll do something in this one to make people like them or you find out something that just like really sinks them to a whole new low yeah i mean who knows (laughs) (laughs) um 
But either way, that game comes out like this week, so like, yeah, don't have yeah, it comes out. I, I just I just took a look. It comes out on Friday. Yeah, so yeah. comes out on the seventh. So um, uh, after that, they announced that uh, Mercenaries mode is coming back, which is um, a classic mode that I think they introduced in Resident Evil Four, if I remember. But it's kind of like a time attack mode where you just go around and try to kill as many enemies as as fast as you can. But uh, people really. Yeah really dig that mode um it was never really my thing but it's, it's fun for a little bit so it's cool to see them bringing it back yeah um but one of the big reveals that they showed was that resident evil 4 is actually coming to the oculus quest so oh that'll be interesting yeah so they're they they did a bunch of uh updates to the game to make it in first person because it's originally a third person game um, but it, it looked really cool. I'm very interested to see how good that game plays in VR. Like I, I've, I've played a bunch of VR now and, you know, certain games make you feel sick faster than other games. So, yeah, <laughs> but, um, regardless, it's Resident Evil 4 considered one of the best Resident Evil games and now it's going to be playable in VR. So, I mean, I think that's just a cool thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they gave a release date on that, but hopefully soon, because I would like to try it. Small things they announced were they're doing a crossover event with the game Dead by Daylight, which if you don't know what that is, it's like 4v1. You know, one person plays the killer and there's four survivors. Yeah. Um, it's it's a pretty cool game. If you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, then move on, you know? <laughs> But, yeah, but yeah, they they teased a little thing where they didn't say who was coming to it, and but uh, definitely some kind of a crossover from Resident Evil is going into, which is cool because they've done a Silent Hill crossover with it, and they've done a couple other big game crossovers. So yeah, because I'm pretty sure you can play as Pyramid Head, right? Yeah, you can play as Pyramid Head, and uh, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there. Freddy Krueger's in there, you know. There's yeah. <laughs> you can do a lot of weird stuff in that game, so. Yeah, again, I've I've watched Mark and Bob and Wade and Jack play it, so that that's how I know the game. Sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. We, uh, we watched somebody on Twitch play through it, but we've actually bought the game and put, put a handful of hours into it. And nice. Yeah, it's, it's fun if you, um, you know, if you like multiplayer games. Like, it, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, other than that, they didn't really talk about too much. Um, they did a like a new trailer for the new Netflix animated series and talked about the new Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, but uh, not too much information really on those. Mm. That's pretty much it for Village, though. Yeah. Um, outside of that, as far as news goes... I don't know unless you unless you have anything. Uh, nothing too crazy that I can think of. I mean, the rumor mills for Grand Theft Auto Six are always out there. <laughs> choose to believe them if you want to. Choose not believe them. That's all up to you. Yeah, I'll choose not to believe it's, them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of it's interesting because it's kind of getting to the point now where they're coming out quicker and quicker. Which could show that there's something coming. I have a hard time believing that kind of stuff until I actually see some physical evidence from Rockstar. 
Because right. Rockstar's just been so tight-lipped about all their games, it's near impossible to to get what exactly is coming. You got some people thinking we're going to go back to Vice City for this one. You got some people who are saying that we're going to be going all over the United States for it. That mm. seems a bit, bit like ambitious for them. I don't, I can't see that, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll see if it ever happens. I'm not the biggest Grand Theft Auto guy, so I don't really care one way or the other. But for the people that do, which is a lot of people, hopefully we get a reveal soon because it's been a a long time, like 2013, I think, since the last game. So Yeah, and they've kind of gone the way of Skyrim and just keep uploading the game to different systems. Right, but if it keeps selling, then, you know, why not? So Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, some quick blurbs we could go through. I know the DICE Awards were a couple weeks ago, and Hades, I believe, won Game of the Year. Um, and Ghost of Tsushima won a bunch of stuff, which is cool. Both of those games yeah. are great and must-plays, in my opinion. Um, other than that, I think we can kind of just go into what we've been playing this week. You know? Sounds good to me, yeah. It, it's hard to come up or to say what's news when everything that I see, at least on my part, is just rumors. Yeah, yeah. I follow a lot of stuff, so I try to keep up with it as much as I can, but since we don't record, yeah. like, every week, it's hard to, you know, I don't want to keep re reiterating news people have heard so many times, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, we could we could say that there was a Ratchet & Clank uh, PlayStation uh, event last weekend, or, uh, like, yeah. on Thursday. Um, I didn't get around to watching it, but I know they announced uh, the new character, I think her name is Rivet, if I remember right. Okay. Um, I, you know, from the bits and pieces I've seen of that game, I think it looks really pretty. I think it's probably going to be the first game that really takes advantage of the PS5 hardware. Yeah. But uh, I'm not the biggest Ratchet Clank fan, so you know I'm not paying attention too closely to it. But, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad to see that that series is getting some love because I believe the movie didn't do so well uh, i think i mean yeah i think it did okay but i don't think it did like groundbreaking yeah. things but you know they continue to make these games i mean there's been yeah. at least one game on every generation so far because we yeah. had the no. remake that came out back on the ps4 and then we had mm. uh like the last like numbered game i think was back on the ps3 but yeah I don't know. Now, if, it, now if only they could do the same for Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper Sly is Cooper. one that I am interested in. Like, I do like Sly Cooper, you know? Yeah. It'd, it'd be cool to see a Jack and Daxter come back, you know? But Yeah. Who knows? Ratchet and Clank's got its fan base, and that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like Sly Cooper was supposed to have a movie. I do remember yeah. them do, saying that back in the day, but... Yeah, and their whole thing was waiting to see how Ratchet and Clank did in theaters before they went through with it. And then time went on, and they dropped it down to a TV sh series, and then it just completely got dropped. Yeah, that's too bad, because I, I like the characters a lot. It's like, yeah. But, you know, maybe we'll, I mean, nothing truly stays dead in the video game, you know, universe, so I'm sure. Yeah. 
I'm sure it'll come back eventually in some way, shape, or form. I mean, hell, look at Crash Bandicoot. Who would have thought there would have been a new game last year for the series? Right, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, we could move on into... I know you've been playing some Yakuza 0. I know you've been playing Cloudpunk. And then, of course, you've been playing the new Pokemon Snap, which I'm sure is what everybody would want to hear about. Yeah, Um, I mean, we we can start off with that. That's fine with me. Yeah, and I've got a few games we can talk about after that, like Near Replicant I've been playing through, and uh, Saga Frontier I've been messing with. and I briefly touched on MLB The Show, but I think let's kick it off with new Pokemon Snap, because that's the new hot thing. Yeah, I mean, everyone, at least all the streamers that I've been watching have been playing it. Uh, I honestly felt like I was back in my kid years playing playing the game. There was so much that was the same, but just upgraded to like the nth degree. Yeah, I haven't actually seen much at all on this game. I've... I've maybe watch one of the trailers and I've seen a, maybe 10 minutes of people playing it online, but I, I just haven't checked it out too much. So tell me what's new, like what's, uh, what's cool about it, why I should buy it, you know? Well, let's start off with the first game came out 20 some odd years ago. Back then we only had 151 Pokemon. <laughs> at, at, at this point in in this year, we have close to 900, at least over 900 Pokemon, and they have taken a decent bunch from each generation and have put them all into this one game. There's well over 200 Pokemon that are in this game that you can get. Uh, interesting interactions between two different Pokemon that you may not have thought of in any way, shape, or form. Like, you can have a Heracross and Pinsir fighting at one point. Hey, I know the name Pinsir. <laughs> <laughs> My Pokemon knowledge isn't isn't quite up to date. I've only gone through, I think, uh, silver and gold. Yeah. And... Well, I mean, you shouldn't... At that point, you should know Heracross, because Heracross was the Gen 2 Pokemon. Yeah, but I did not pay attention to Silver and Gold, so... <laughs> yeah. I didn't even finish it. Like, the only ones I've beat are Red, Blue, Yellow, and then I played about halfway through Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really, you know, kept up on it too much since then, so... Yeah. Well, one of the things I really liked about the game is that you can now move at a 360 degree rotation. Okay. So you can actually turn yourself all the way around if you wanted to get a picture of a Pokemon that you that either flew past you and you just want to get that quick pick. That was really nice. That's cool. Uh, yeah, they I, brought I do back... remember the, the, the N64 game. I did play that one. I remember it being a little janky back then. Yeah, well, and back then, you only had about a 180 degree rotation. You can go pretty much to the as far right as you can and go as far left as you can, but you can't go all the way around. Right. So is this new one still on rails like the old one was? It is. Okay. And and there are like certain little gimmicks throughout the throughout the levels where you can change to a different direction and go through an alternate path to maybe get closer to another Pokemon. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. So they give you a little more freedom of movement then. Oh yeah. It it was it's definitely really fun. Cool. Cool. I, I've heard and, that the uh like camera options are really good in this game too. Like how you can edit yeah. photos and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Apparently people have been taking pictures of Pokemon butts from what I was reading this morning. Of course. And editing <laughs> them to make it look like they're farting and all that. Ha ha, very funny. Mm-hmm. All kind of good stuff. I mean, I get it. It's 10-year-old humor for a game that's meant for 10-year-olds. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are the other new features that are in it then? So you get this orb called the Illumination Orb where you can throw it on a Pokemon and it kind of gives them a n- nice like outline depending on the island you're in. The first one makes gives them kind of a nice blue outline and some of them react to it. It replaced the Pester Ball from the first game. Okay. That's cool. And it all, yeah, it didn't it doesn't re- doesn't like explode with noxious gas that make them like flinch back or anything like that right. like the first did. This is just like a highlight them kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. And it at times it can actually give you a better score. If I had a if I took a picture of a Pokemon without the the outline and then threw the the orb at it and took another picture of it, the oh that that second picture would have gotten a better score. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are there's. Probably I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. There's there's definitely more levels than the original one, which is good. Yeah. So so you've already beat this then, right? Oh yeah, I I officially beat it last night. I I got all two hundred some odd Pokemon in the game. Okay, that's cool. So how many biomes are in it then? Oh, let me see here. Because I know there's like a day-night cycle now too, but like how many individual biomes are there? Eleven. Eleven? Wow, that's more than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. I thought there'd be like maybe four or five. Now, so you have the the kind of start-off grassland that they showed in the trailer. You have a nice kind of jungle area. You have like a very foggy forest that will also open up into a bit more clearer forest and then go back to fog. And it's kind of a weird level to go through. Okay. Uh, there was a, a full desert one. There was a volcano one. There's a beach one that turns into like going through a reef and then going under the water. Okay. <laughs> Underwater? That's that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, then there was also a snowy biome and kind of like a nice deep, dark cave area. And then the final one is like these old ruins. Very cool. Alright, yeah, that's more content than I thought would be in it then, so... Yeah. That's I mean, cool. I was definitely surprised, and there have been rumors going around that there's going to be DLC for this game where they could add in a new island with another biome and maybe add in more Pokemon to it. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I know that uh, Mario Party just got like a random DLC drop, even though that game's like two years old now, so they're they're not afraid of like just randomly tossing DLC out. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, that's cool. So how many hours do you think it took you to play? So I officially got started at midnight on Friday. I played until about 2 o'clock in the morning. Went to bed, got up, and just went right back into playing it. Uh, it probably took me about 20 hours, give or take. Wow, that's actually not bad. No. I mean, I got to the credits within probably half that time. Sure. But I was trying to get the, the what they call the photo decks complete, which is getting all of the Pokemon, at least a picture of them once okay cool i mean so even even still 10 hours that's really not that bad for i mean basically a photo mode game you know yeah so that's that's pretty cool yeah would you would you say it's worth the 60 dollars i have a hard time doing that for someone who is not a pokemon fan sure yeah like like i like pokemon but i don't necessarily yeah. go out out of my way for all of them so yeah even as even if it's just for nostalgic purposes i would wait until it dropped down i mean if you're like a huge pokemon fan and you want to take pictures of these pokemon if you have memorized all 900 plus pokemon go for it sure i i you know i went and picked up because this was the one game that i've been looking forward to since it was announced and i wanted to relive my childhood at the age of 28. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so this game is definitely meant for either super fans of Pokemon in general, or just people who grew up playing Pokemon snap back on the N64. Yes. Okay. So that, that tells me all I need to know. I guess I'll probably wait on it then. I was kind of, yeah, I, I... it's something that I was like intrigued by, but I'm not like, I, I saw $60 and I was like, I, you know, like it looks fun, but I don't know if it's really my thing. Anything uh, else really cool in there? Like anything you want to like shout out? Not off the top of my head. I did have I well, I I, I say this, and I'm still on the fence about it. I may have accidentally pushed a famous quote famous VTuber to play the game, all because. <laughs> picture of her favorite pokemon and sent it to her on twitter and then a few hours later she was streaming and said that she was going to try and look for the said pokemon in the game <laughs> yeah well, that's cool i mean i was i was shocked that that she had showed the picture on stream i was just kind of like oh hey here this is your favorite pokemon right take a look at this and you know, get the heart react and whatnot. I wasn't expecting her to like fully put up on stream and say, "This person said that this is in Pokemon Snap." I'm like, "Oh Jesus! All right, cool. Just put me on the spot then." <laughs> well, that's cool. So, well, it's good. I'm glad you're enjoying the game, though, and you had a little yeah. fun moment there. But, uh, I mean, I mean, at this point, I'm probably going to go back to Yakuza Zero, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've done all that I can do in that game besides trying to go for the max amount of. Or the highest level of stars you can get, because each picture is based off of certain poses, sizes, technique, all that kind of good stuff. And depending on what your score is, you'll either get a bronze, silver, gold, or platinum star. And right. trying to get a platinum star is just a pain in the ass, especially for 
all four different types of picks you have to take for a set Pokemon. Sure, sure. It, it's one thing if, if this was like the original Pokemon Snap where it was only the 63, but trying to do it for 200 is just a lot. <laughs> And there's no guarantee that you're going to get that that diamond picture unless unless you're just in that right space to where it's the perfect size and the perfect pose. Yeah, well, at least it gives you, like, for somebody that really wants to get their money's worth out of the game, it gives you something to go back and keep trying on, you know? Yeah. So it gives you multiple tiers of things. So if you want to be a perfectionist, you can go and get all these different things for the each Pokemon. Yeah, yeah I mean, <clears throat> just because I'm going to stop playing it for now doesn't mean I won't go back to it and maybe try again later on. Sure. Even if it's just to show a friend, like, hey, this is what what it's like. Right. But, yeah, at, at this point, it's just, I'm just, I'll am just i go back to it when the time comes and whatnot. I'm not going to continue to play on it because I'm done. <laughs> right, yeah. I've gotten what I wanted out of the game. I am content. I'm happy. I'm, awesome. I'm good. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, another new game that came out uh, this last... Well, it came out two weeks ago. Um, April 23rd, I think. Was uh, Near Replicant. And that's what I have been playing. And if you are a fan of Near at all, uh, I recommend the game wholeheartedly. It's um, this is actually a remaster of a game that came out back in 2010, but it's technically a prequel to Near Automata. Um, it's got similar action sequences and stuff. So if you've played Near Automata, which I think you've at least started it, yeah, I've gone up to the second storyline of that game. Okay, so you're playing uh, second path. Then. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, for people that don't know, this game, Automata and this game in general, have multiple playthroughs, quote-unquote. So there's there's Route A, and then B, C, D, E, stuff like that. But technically, you know, if you say you beat Route A, you've only beat half of the game. Yeah. I don't like the way that they call this, you know, <laughs> oh, I beat, you know, this is this is your first playthrough, this is your second playthrough, this is your third playthrough. I, I think that is advertising the game incorrectly because yeah. it's the whole story unfolds between all of these playthroughs. So in Near Automata, it's like you start off playing as... To be going all the way through, and then once you finish her part, like portion of the storyline, uh, you go into second playthrough technically, and you're seeing the events from your first playthrough through a different set of eyes. Yeah, and um, it gives you kind of a whole new lens on what's happening, and there's some new stuff going on. And then by the time you get to your third playthrough, quote unquote you're playing as a completely different side of the things, but say it takes you 20 hours to go through the first, you know, route A, route B will take you maybe 10 hours to get through, and then route B or C will take you maybe 6 hours to get, like, it's not, oh, I'm playing the entire game 
six times. That's not what it is. Yeah. You're, you're playing it. So the game technically is like maybe 30 to 40 hours in total, but each subsequent playthrough is shorter and shorter than the previous one. Yeah, it's not like Sonic Heroes. <laughs> right. So uh, Near Replicant is the same way, um, but it's technically a prequel to Automata. Yeah. And there are characters that pop up um, that you get to see who they are in Replicant, and then if you played through Automata, you'll see them and be like, oh, the, uh, that's those characters. That's cool. You know? Yeah. Um, there's uh, Popola and Devola are in uh, Near Replicant, and then they show up as uh, twins uh, in Near Automata as well. Uh, okay. Which is really cool. Um, but this being a prequel, uh, these are, you know, they're all more human. They're not androids and robots like they are. In, or at least that's what I think. I haven't finished the game, so maybe there's a big twist that I don't know about. But <laughs> yeah, as far as what I've played, which I'm at the very end of, of playthrough A, um, they're all humans from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the story basically is you are the brother of Yona uh, and she has gotten sick with this disease called the Black Scroll and it's basically a disease that it's I guess it's really painful and uh, there's like these words that keeps uh, scrolling across your body and they, they show up and it's just like this, this weird language that's written all over your body and when it flares up real bad it kind of flashes out and you see these, like, words scrolling across your body. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so your whole thing is, um, you being the brother, you're you're trying to, of course, save your sister. Um, and along the way, you meet... Uh, it's a book that's got a personality, and it talks to you. It's like a big floating tome. And it's mm-hmm. called uh, Vice. It's W-E-I-S-S, I think. Uh, voiced by Liam O'Brien, actually. And, nice. <laughs> yeah, so he's kind of like your snarky sidekick that follows you around, but he's just like this little book. Uh, and he is supposed to be able to help you save um, the world from this black scroll. He's like the good to the to the bad. There's like a bad book or an evil book that's out there, too, that you got to go take down. Um, okay. Yeah, but he talks to you. He's he's very snarky, very funny. Um and he he's kind of similar. So since you've played Automata, you know like you've got that little robot that follows you around, uh hovers over your shoulder. Yeah, the one that does all the uh like all, the like machine the damage and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's the same premise in Near Replicant where the book is your magic. Okay. So, so you, the book will fire out like the orbs of magic, but you can you can actually change it between multiple different types of magic, and it's on your shoulder button, so L one and R one. Okay. And so you can have two different types of magic going. Um, so there's like the machine gun looking one that just fires out a bunch of orbs in succession, and if you hold it down, you can uh, fire off like a barrage attack. And then mm-hmm. there's like there's one that will shoot spikes up out of the ground and like impale your enemies. Um, there's one that'll throw like this big fist and it'll just like pummel your enemies and stuff like that. There, there's like seven, maybe 10 
different magics that you can collect throughout the world. Interesting. Yeah, and so it's it kind of gives you a little bit of customization to your, you know, your quote unquote like bullet health stuff. Yeah. Um. And then in between that, you've got your hack and slash abilities where, you know, you've got your squares and triangles and, you know, squares are going to be your light attacks and triangles are going to be your more heavy attacks. Um, so, and you can combo those together by holding down R1 to fire your barrage, but you can also be diving into the fight and doing melee attacks at the same time. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's very fun. It's a... It's very similar to Near Automata, but you know, yeah. I'm more I'm more on the fantasy side, so I, I'm really digging Near Replicant. It feels more fantastical to me than like the the future stuff that Near Automata has. Yeah, and I I personally like the more scientific side of everything. Yeah, yeah. When to like steampunk and gearpunk and cyberpunk and all that. Sure. Yeah, and I I will say like I I loved Automata. I played all the way through that. That game's great. Um, playing through this, which I I never played back in the day, so this is a new experience for me. So anybody that's played the original ones probably like, yeah, duh, this game's great. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's like it's my first time through, and I I have just been absolutely loving it so far. All the attacks and magic and stuff is is very cool. The characters are all great. Uh, eventually, you meet up with uh, Kaine. I, I hate I hate her name because it's spelled like Kane. Like it should just be Kane. It's yeah. A I N E, but in game they pronounce it Kaine. But she's your typical like waifu character, you know. Uh, she's scantily clad and all that, but she's like a super badass. So. <clears throat> Uh, but there's some really great dialogue moments between her and the book. Uh, so Vice and uh, Kaine, it's like she'll she'll get really angry and she's super foul mouth. Like she'll just run around cursing up a storm and it's it's pretty funny. But then uh, like Vice, the book will turn around and be like, "Shut up, hussy!" You know. <laughs> so so it's, it's very self aware that she's like very scantily clad and stuff like that. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. So it's it's pretty funny. Um, I, I think there's something more to her character that I just haven't gotten to yet. Because, um, like, playing through, I've noticed that she has some of that Black Scroll stuff on her, too. Mm-hmm. So I think she's also dealing with that same sickness. Uh, but I don't know too much about it yet, because I'm, I'm still playing through the game. But, uh, yeah, uh, she's, she's very cool. Uh, she's played by Laura Bailey, so for me, I'm a big fan of Critical Role. And mm-hmm. it's really fun to have Liam O'Brien and uh, Laura Bailey arguing with each other. Cause they're, they're nice. Two, yeah, they're two characters from Critical Role, and now they're also in this game, too. So, <laughs> um, uh, The other character that I, I really want to talk about is Emil. And mm-hmm. um, I don't want to spoil anything for people that have been playing it, but he has a really cool character arc. My only problem with him is he kind of has a whiny voice. Uh, but he's supposed to be like a little kid. But uh, he's very cool. He So he has to have a blindfold on whenever you first meet him because uh, he, if he looks at you, he kind of does the, uh, what is it, Medusa? Mm-hmm. Where if he, if he sees you with his eyes, you turn to stone. Okay. 
And so I've, I've discovered some things about him as I've played through the game, so I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but he has a really cool character arc that um, has left me, you know, slack-jawed, just like, what just happened kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's great. And uh, once you get a, about halfway through your first playthrough, there'll be a little time jump stuff. And, and during that time is when something major happens to him and he evolves into a bigger character that's just like really cool looking character, like design wise. Um, I, I love him. So, I mean, if you don't mind being spoiled on it, just look up a picture of Emil and you'll see him and you'll know who he is. But I don't want to say it on the podcast for anybody who doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but it's very cool. Um, playing through the game, like, as far as gameplay goes, like, it's fine. You know, it's it's a typical bullet hell action platformer kind of thing. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think the combat is fun. The worlds definitely feel like they're from 2010, you know? Yeah. They're big open areas that don't have a lot in them. So it's kind of a vacant world, um, but that you know it's not a bad thing. It's just it's definitely of its time. They didn't do much to add to it. They just they just remastered it so it looks prettier. Yeah. Um, I think the game suffers from the amount of side quest it has, and <laughs> the side quests are really boring. Yeah. It it feels like. Have you ever played an MMO before? Uh, a long time ago, but nothing as of recent. Okay, well, a long time ago, maybe you'll you'll get this then. Um, do you remember how side quests used to work back in like old and even in some modern MMOs? It's like you got to go out and kill ten wolves. Mm-hmm. It's that's the side quest in this game too. It's just oh, like, wonderful. It's like, hey, I need you to go uh, get us mutton. So you have to go out and yeah. kill like ten sheep. But the problem is, is not every sheep will drop you a mutton. There's like a percentage chance for it. So even though it's yeah. like, oh, I need ten mutton, you might have to kill thirty sheep to get the ten mutton for it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like, like it's like it's like go slay this dragon while doing a handstand. <laughs> it's. I mean, even that would be cool. <laughs> you know, this is. But they set it up in the game to where your character is basically the guy in the village that just does jobs for people. Like, that's your mm-hmm. point in, the, in the, the ecosystem of this village, is to be the person that just does random jobs. So, in story sense, it makes, it, it makes sense the way that they do it, just in, in actuality of playing the game. They're pretty dull, and there's a million of them to do. So I found myself skipping them a handful of times too. The the only good thing about them is as you're doing them, you'll you'll get dialogue between you and Vice and some of your other characters and stuff. But yeah, the act of just doing them is kind of boring. And as you get a little bit further, you know, at first it starts off real small, just like go collect this, go do this and stuff. But as you progress, it's like okay, I need you to go to this village to talk to this person and then that guy will tell you to go collect like 30 of these things and you mm. know so it just has you kind of jumping around between all the cities collecting things yeah it's it's not the best system in the world but on the opposite side of that the storyline is really 
where the meat of this game is. Yeah. And, and it's it's very character driven. So like if you care about leveling up and collecting everything, then yeah, do the side quests. They're, they don't take you that long to do. They're just monotonous. Yeah. But when you're playing through the rest of the game, it's, the storyline's fantastic. Um, on top of that, the music and the voice acting are both top-notch. I love the music in this game. It, it kind of does that persona thing every once in a while where as you're running around sometimes it'll be this version of the song that's all instrumental you know instrumental and yeah then, and then uh, eventually you'll go out into the same field and that same song will have lyrics in it nice and yeah i think it's great it's a great um soundtrack just to put on and listen to it's, it's awesome so. which one do you think is better this one or automata that's a tough question <laughs> um, you should have seen this coming. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't beat Replicant yet, so I can't speak for the whole game by itself yet. So mm-hmm. I will say there are bits in Automata that stand out a lot more, but just the Overworld song in Replicant—I mm-hmm. don't remember what it's called, but if I find it, I'll send it to you. Okay, it's incredible. Like I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think you could go wrong with either soundtrack. I haven't gotten far enough into Replicant to really speak between the two. Yeah. Um, the way you traverse around is is interesting. It they did this in Automata a little bit too, where you know it's it's mostly third person open world kind of stuff. But every once mm. in a while, you'll go into a room and it'll switch to like two point five D. Yeah, or, or it'll do the thing where the camera will zoom way out as you're climbing up a tall ladder, you know. So yeah, it's it does it does unique and fun things with the camera sometimes. Um, and the biomes that you go through are cool and unique, even though it is definitely a 2010 game. The biomes are still cool; they're just mostly empty. So, yeah, you know, there's a typical forest level. There's a there's an open plains area. Um, there's the desert. You know, stuff like that. Um, but what they do with those biomes is, I find, really cool. Each, and I don't know if I'm reading into it too much, but each biome feels like a different style of game. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I went to the desert, and it felt like I was playing a Zelda game. Like, you go through the dungeon of the desert area, and it's, like, solving all these weird little puzzles to get through the rooms, and, you know, it felt very, like, adventure Legend of Zelda stuff. And nice. they, they even did a little thing, like, whenever you finally get to the end of it and you're trying to find this character, um, the character is looking for a specific object. I'm trying not to do spoilers, but... He finds he finds the object and he lifts it up and it and it and it does like the Legend of Zelda style, you know, do 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 kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's definitely like a you know, a little nice little homage. Yeah, exactly. So I, I found that really fun. And then um the forest level and again if you guys don't want spoilers, like just skip ahead a little bit. I'm trying not to do too many, but uh, the forest area I thought was awesome because you mm-hmm. go in there and apparently all these people like 
you stopped getting contact from them, so you're trying to go there and figure out what's going on. And you find out that they're within something called the Death Dream. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you go up and talk to the character, uh, you go into their quote-unquote Death Dream. And it starts off as a... It turns the game from a 3D action platformer game into a text-based adventure. Interesting. Yeah, so the whole screen fades to black, and then the whole game is played like a text adventure. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? It's just just changing up. Everywhere you go, it kind of changes up what you're doing a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then one more that I, you know, and then I'm not going to spoil anything else. But you you eventually go to this mansion, and it turns it into a fixed camera, almost tank control. Like they're definitely playing on the original Resident Evil stuff. Mm-hmm. And the whole the whole mansion is like supposedly haunted, and it's very creepy looking. So as you're going around, they're they're like doing all this like Resident Evil kind of. Uh, plays and stuff so it, it was just I find it very unique and refreshing to you know just not be going around doing hack and slash bullet hell stuff all the time like they try to change it up as you're going through different levels so um, but yeah uh, that, that's really all I want to say about Near Replicant I think if you're a fan of JRPGs or action adventure games or just really good storylines I, I 100% recommend this game Nice. So, but uh, from there, I know you finally started Yakuza Zero after I talked about it last time. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It was. It, you were right that it was very much like Persona esque. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish that there was a little bit more areas that you got to explore per se. Yeah, because it's kind of limited, but yeah, you know they they do a really good job about making those cities feel alive, though. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot to do in in those cities between playing darts, playing pool, playing shogi. Fuck right. the shogi master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Hate that guy so much. <laughs> but yeah, that that that's what I like the most about that game is even though the area you're in is technically a pretty small little hub world kind of thing Mm -hmm. it feels alive because there's so much going on in that city that's not necessarily attached to the main storyline yeah so everywhere you go there's something going on there's a mini games you can go do you can just go into a sega arcade and just play arcade games yeah yeah i I'm glad you're enjoying it, though. Yeah, I mean, probably after we're done with this, I'll probably end up booting up the, the PlayStation and start playing it again. <laughs> right, I'm going to go play near uh, after this. So. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I've gotten to the point now where you were talking about where you pretty much get to run your own club and you have to bring in girls and whatnot and you get to level them up. Oh, my God. So, I so I, I'm so probably going to be working on that for the rest of the night. Yeah, you'll you'll lose some time to that. That and the uh, that and the um, real estate. The real estate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious more about the real estate. I wasn't able to get 
very far into that, and I no, think that was it, no. It kind of opens up a little bit the further you get in. So yeah, I, I kind of figured because I was like, I got to do it once, and then I had to go straight and talk to the head yakuza boss. I was like, great, wonderful. Yeah, eventually and it'll that... open up, and you can kind of go around the city and purchase up other buildings, and then you can assign managers and like bodyguards to those different locations and stuff. Yeah, what do you think of the characters though? I love the characters. Yeah, they're all they're all unique in their own ways. Yeah, yeah. Kiryu is very fun. Um, I I love Majima. Yeah, the, that guy is so cool. <laughs> I got it. The first time I actually met him, I was really confused. So I thought that, that was Kiryu, but like further on in the future, I was like, "What happened to his eye?" And I was like, "Oh wait, this is just a different guy." Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they kind of just toss you into uh, that character. Yeah, I, I was just so confused about what was going on. And I was right. like, "You can't hit the guy. You just have to dodge and kind of mess with him." I was like, "All right, I guess I can do that." Right. I I'm glad that they did Yakuza Zero because um, I started playing uh, Yakuza One like after I beat Yakuza Zero, mm-hmm. and. Majima is such a crazy off the wall character in that game, and in the first in, in Yakuza One, in Yakuza in, One, so to see yeah. to see the dynamic shift between what he is in Yakuza Zero to what he becomes in Yakuza One is like pretty cool. Yeah, and, and you haven't gotten there yet. Like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see some crazy stuff in that game. So. Yeah, I mean, I've already found Mr. Libido. I don't know how much more craziness. <laughs> Mr. Libido. <laughs> yeah. He, sh- he shows up a few times, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt it. My my favorite was when you first see him and you're just in that club. And yeah, and he's just over the there. background, he's just dancing in his underwear. Yeah, he's just public thrusting and off in the distance. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Yeah, it's yeah like I, a, I guess it's-, it's like a pretty serious little conversation you're having, and then just in the yeah. background is this dude dancing in his underwear, and you're like, what is this game? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was just like, like, all right, well, I mean, it's 1980s. Cocaine was going through everyone's system at that point, so okay, I guess I could go, I could live with it. Right, yeah. That's I have to say, one one character that I really loved was Makoto. I love that girl. Yeah. The blind girl, I love her so much. I was, I was honestly like, like when when it when it went back to cure you after that first time with with Majima, and I thought he was going to kill. I was like, no, don't do it, not her. Yeah, I can't say much because uh, she is a major person in that game. So yeah, you're you're gonna I mean, get, I, you're I, gonna get to spend a lot of time with her. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I I kind of looked a little bit further ahead in the in the game series. And I saw that she actually does make a comeback in uh, Yakuza 2. So I was like, all right, cool, sweet. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I haven't gotten that far yet. But uh, Yeah. Yeah, don't don't look up anything else because uh, that game is just full of crazy surprises that just will take you by, you know, they'll just really shock you. So Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say if you like her, uh, that's awesome because she's a very prominent player in this game so yeah i mean she's just like at least from the amount of time i've spent with her she's just a very sweet girl that just kind of got dealt a bad hand in life and yeah. caught blind i was like jesus yeah yeah it's um damn it, i can't talk about much because there's so much spoilers in that game but we'll talk we'll talk more about it in the next podcast because i i should be 
a little bit further done by that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, yeah. She. She. I don't know how long I, I spent on those mini games? <laughs> yeah, I put a. I, I think I put like fifty six hours into Yakuza Zero, and probably twenty of those were the mini games. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long it takes me. Yeah, but the one mini game that I didn't get sucked into, and then I keep thinking about going back just to play it, is the RC car. I haven't gone to the RC car yet. I don't think. Yet. Uh, it doesn't really introduce it to you to the thing. You just have to stumble upon it. But it's a, uh-huh. it's a little shop, I think, in the top, like the northwest area of. Is it in Is it in Tokyo or Osaka? It's it's, it's... Kiryu. Okay, so it's Tokyo. All right. Yeah. So, um, but there's a whole mini game where you get to build your own RC car and you have to like race it around this track and stuff like that. Oh, nice. And it's it's really fun, but I. I kept getting sucked into some of the other stuff, and I just never went back to it. But you should definitely check it out. I think it is just one of those side optional things you can find, but um, nice. It, it's worth at least trying. So yeah, yeah. I've been also trying to build up friendships with all the characters. Yeah. Like I, I, I think I spent like an hour and a half just bullying, trying to get the friendship up with the little receptionist. Oh yeah. Just, just kept <laughs> bullying against her. First game, she completely swept me because I had no idea how the controls worked and all that, so I had to kind of learn that. Right. After that, smoking her. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, this is easy now. There's a lot of those characters in that game. Like, there's a convenience store clerk that you can go and befriend, and you know, yeah, I, I was also working with her as well. Yeah, she's pretty fun. You can pretty much just go in there and shop and then leave and then go back in and shop and then leave. You could get hers done pretty fast, but yeah. It's, uh, yeah. There's a lot of those just like little moments that don't really matter to the full main storyline, but they're just cool character moments. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the one thing I like about games is I like to be able to, to deviate from the main path in order to do something that's worthwhile in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, cool. Uh, anything else um, you want to talk about in there? No, I. I mean, yeah, I'll have more. Yeah, ones. I'm sure this will be a continuing conversation because yeah. I could talk about Yakuza Zero every day, but uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to spoil anything for you, so I want you to get further in it. Sounds good. And then we'll have a nice big conversation about it once I complete it, and we'll go on to Yakuza One after that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I haven't played it recently because I've been working on Near and stuff. But yeah. I do plan to go back and play through. I think Yakuza 1 and 2 and 3 are pretty short games because they were actually PS2 games. Yeah. Um, Yakuza 0 was made like way later. So. Yeah. But uh, So it shouldn't take as long to get through the rest of the series until you get to you know, the newer ones. Yeah, because I think what there, it goes up to like, Yakuza 6 and then they have a new one called Age of Dragon, I believe? Uh Song of Life, I think, is Yakuza 6, and then it's... There's a spinoff game that just came out. It's, oh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah, Like that's a Dragon, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's a it's a new set of characters that might have some old faces that show up, but it's not Kiryu's storyline. No. So, but that one actually changes the combat, too. Instead of it being a brawler, it's actually like a turn-based JRPG. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm slowly working my way through that series as well. But, 
we'll talk about it as as you get a little further. Yeah. Um, I briefly tried MLB The Show because you know I'm if I'm gonna get into any sport, it's baseball. I don't know why I like baseball games, but I haven't played them in a long time. Um, yeah, I, I can't tell you the last time I've played any type of like MLB, NFL sports games. Right. I think. Like, I was when I was in Best Buy and they just had the game up and I was like, all right, let's just see how this is. Right. And I kept hitting, I kept hitting the batter, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, well, like MLB the Show is is one of the biggest sports games out there, and it's it's typically a PlayStation exclusive. But mm. the only reason I jumped into trying this one is because it came out on Xbox Game Pass. Which is strange because it's a PlayStation owned thing, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you know, it's always been exclusive. It's done by like PlayStation San Diego or something like that. Yeah. And so <laughs> the first thing I noticed when I booted it up on the Xbox was it had the PlayStation Worldwide Studios logo on it. And I was like, oh, hmm. this is this is very strange. Um, yeah. I don't have much to say about it. I just I jumped into it and I and I'd messed around and did some of the training stuff and the game looks beautiful and it plays really good. Um I don't know how much I'll jump back into it unless like my little brother wants to come over and play it with me cuz he's a huge baseball fan. And yeah. he's, he's played almost all the shows. Um So I thought I would just try this one because it was free on Game Pass. So Nice. But yeah, I just thought it was weird that whenever you boot it up, it, it does the PlayStation Studios logo. I think it was a deal actually with MLB proper. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's technically a PlayStation Studios game, but MLB wanted it to be available on everything. So, so that's nice. How it, that's how it got over there. But yeah, unique. Not much to say. Uh, if you're a baseball yeah. fan, it's great. Go play it. If you're not a baseball fan, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only point that I think would be fun is being able to play like as the Kansas City Royals in the Royal Stadium or playing as the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley Field. Right. Well, what's we actually play. really cool about this game is it has a um, a field creator. Like, you can actually just build your own field in this game. Nice. Uh, so, like, if, if anybody's interested in, in, you know, creativity kind of stuff, you know, and building things, like, this has a, a whole field builder in it. It's pretty cool. Um, now, now, if only they made it into like 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 the most like off the wall extreme thing. Yeah, I haven't dove into it, so I don't know how much you can really do with it. But just like um, like it's cool. Like those outfielders, you need to be careful. There's some landmines out there. No, Ball, yeah. Ball, that would probably Ball get me way more interested explode. in it. <laughs> Ball just bounces and feel explodes. There's players' body parts flying all over the place. It's like, and that's game over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Score zero zero. It is uh, like fully um, crossplay. So you can play between PlayStation and Xbox and stuff, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think more games need to do that. So. Yeah, I agree. You know, because it always sucks when I'm playing it on like PlayStation, and then I've got a buddy that wants to play something on Xbox, and we can't play together. You know. Yeah. So it's cool, and I hope more games do that. But yeah, yeah, that's really all I have on MLB the Show. Um, another really brief thing I can talk about is I. I picked up the remaster for Saga Frontier, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a really, I think it's a PlayStation 1 JRPG made by Square. And 
it's it's kind of got that Octopath thing where there's multiple characters and each character has their own storyline to it. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't I haven't gotten super far into it. Um, I'm playing as this one character that's like kind of a superhero thing. So when nobody's around, he transforms into this like super character that uh, is really powerful and strong. But whenever anybody else is around, that's in your party. So if you have a, like another party member, you can't transform into that. So you're just like a normal dude with a sword. So, nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a typical you know square early, you know, JRPG turn-based. Mm-hmm. It's got great music to it, and it's, you know, fun characters. But I'll probably have more to say on that as I get further into it, but I got sidetracked by Nier and haven't gone back to it yet. That's fine. I mean, hell, New Pokemon Snap pretty much <laughs> took my full attention away from Yakuza 0. I know, and then but, I don't but know I also when I'm going to get back to it either, because, like, Resident Evil is this week, and then the week after that is the Mass Effect uh, remaster. So yeah, there's just so many games starting to come out now. Yeah, the the streamer that I was talking about earlier regarding the whole from the Pokemon Snap, she's actually planning to do a full twenty hour, twenty four hour stream on the new Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, it's a great. If you've never played it before, it and if you like. If you like those RPGs where it's all about, you know, building up your companionship between your other players and stuff, you know, all your other characters, that, mm-hmm. that's what this game is. It's like all about uh, your characters and building up relationships with the people around you. And then, you know, in the background, the world's exploding and you got to go save it. But, you know, yeah. It's just, it's an incredibly good science fiction you know, third-person shooter game that has yeah. incredibly in-depth characters. If you've never played it before, I, I yeah. Highly now I've I've never played yeah I've never played I've never played Mass Effect myself. Is it kind of in that same style as Gears of War, but with more interactions with people? Um, because just hearing that that's kind of a third-person shooter. My first thought was Gears of War and how they handled that kind of stuff. So, as far as it being a third-person shooter, yeah, I guess it's kind of, you know, Gears of War like, combat-wise, but as far as game goes, it has it's nothing like that at all. It's yeah, it's a character-driven RPG, you know, so you're, you're leveling up your characters. Whenever you go back to your base, you're going and you're doing dialogue trees, talking to your characters and stuff, so most yeah. of the game you're going to be spent like building up in, in you know persona terms it's like building up your confidants you know okay so you're always going back and you're after every mission you go out on you come back and you do the rounds around your ship and you just talk and you and you build you build your relationships with your teammates and yeah um, it's incredibly in-depth and all the characters are great. I, I love all of them. So, and the combat yeah, I mean, is very fluid too. Like it is a third-person shooter, but you also have like abilities that you get to use too. So, you can play as like this kind of technomancer thing where you're you're throwing out, you know, biotic spells, or you can play as like a hacker where you where you can, you know, use your omni tool to like hack enemies and stuff like that. 
or um, or you can just play as a straight up soldier and you just go in and use all the big guns to shoot people down. There's there's so many different play styles you can do with the game. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I will, I will probably end up picking up the game just because I've heard so much good things about it. I, I honestly, I, I really recommend it, uh, especially yeah. as somebody you know, like I know you, you really enjoy those character-driven stuff. Yeah, um, this this game has that in spades. Like, okay, this is kind of the game that set up that stuff for for future games. Like, this mm. is the one that people look back on and be like, okay, that's how you do character relationships in a video game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of missed the boat on the original ones. and Yeah, no, this I, is the best time to jump into it, because now yeah. you get all three games on one disc. And uh, and upgraded to, graphics to the max. Upgraded graphics to the max. They've changed the UI to make it match between the three games. Mm. Um, you get all the DLC included into the stuff. It, yeah, it's the total package. So, like, if you've never played it before, this is the way to play the game now. Okay. And for people like me that have played it before, um, I'm so stoked to jump back into this universe with all these upgraded graphics and stuff. So, nice. Yeah, I highly recommend it. So, but nice. um, I know you had one more game you wanted to talk about called Cloudpunk. Yeah. So Cloudpunk was a game that I played three weekends ago, and it was a very kind of quick little indie game that I wasn't really sure what I was getting myself into, and it was honestly somewhat good. Yeah, because I remember you texting me when you first played it, and you were like, I don't know about this game, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually yeah, you started texting me, and you're like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, well, I wasn't sure what I was getting myself into with this game. I had read the the little description about it, about how you were just kind of delivery driver, Dropping off these illegal stuff. We'll just go and say it's illegal stuff because there were. <laughs> I mean, there was one mission where I had to go drop off a bomb, and I had to decide if I wanted to take it to the actual place that it was supposed to go to, or to the trash can. <laughs> and I and I decided to take it to the actual place, and then like a few minutes later, an explosion rang out through the whole entire area. So, I, I guess I'm a super villain now. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> I was, so... I was like. What is what is the game like? Is it like a two D game or is it open world? No, it's, it's it's open world, and it's not open world uh, horizontally. It's open world vertically. Oh, weird. Yeah. So each le- each level has has like a certain amount of space, and if you want to continue somewhere, you have to go up or down. And each level is derivative of how of how wealthy you are. So if you're at the very bottom, if if you're down at the very bottom, you are dirt poor. You are literally like bugs to the people above them. Mm-hmm. And as you go up, the world gets a little bit better. And what, and the very top one is where all of the very rich, wealthy people live above the clouds and whatnot, they have very nice stores, very nice apartments, what have you. I'm looking up screenshots for it now, and this is not what I expected from the game. It it honestly looks kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure what the graphics were going to look like at first, and when I first got in it, it was very 
it was that kind of very pixel style art. Yeah, it definitely but looks it, like a pixel art game, but but, it, but the colors 3D on pixel. it are crazy. Yeah, yeah. but it's a, it's a 3D pixel art, so it's just kind of like, okay, I was not, but all right, I'm in. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, and yeah, I I actually really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I wish that there was more to the lore than the what they gave. Okay. Because you get like certain little things, like there's this character that has a virtual hawk, and the character that you control, whose name is Rania, is from an area outside of the major city known as Nivalis. And she talks about how she used to see hawks all the time before they went extinct. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, so what happened? What caused the hawks to go extinct? What other animals have gone extinct in this time frame? Right. I, I I enjoy seeing that it's like humans, androids, automatas, all these different creatures that are all living in the city that are all based off of their wealth. Okay. But yeah, I mean, there was just like like, like certain things that was just like, I want to know more about what happened to this world in order to get to this point. Sure. Do you, now, do you think you just missed some like dialogue somewhere, or do you feel like you combed through the game pretty good? Uh, I at least the main story mode I did pretty well. I don't know how much uh side quests there were because it it's pretty linear and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Where it's kind of like. Oh, here's a package. You need to go deliver this, and then you get done. And it's like, oh, hey, this person needs you to come over here now. And it's just like, all right, I don't really have a lot of time to kind of move around. Sure. Though they did one thing that I haven't seen in a lot of games that I was actually a little surprised about, in kind of a good way. Okay. Your car actually has a gas meter, oh. and you have to go fill it up, and you actually have to use the funds that you've gained through your through these quests. In order to fill up your gas tank. Interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I know some games have done that before, but I, I don't, I can't really name them off the top of my head. Yeah, same, same here. It's just like, all right, that's kind of cool. Right. Yeah, because mo- you know most games are just like, yeah, just drive. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and after you, if you've hit buildings or what have you, because you get, you pretty much get to fly wherever you want. There's no direct path. All the cars are hover cars. that are known as hovas. And you can pretty much go wherever you want. You can go around buildings. You can kind of zip in and out of areas and whatnot. Of course, the handling gets a little weird. Sometimes it doesn't turn as quickly as you'd like. You end up crashing into a building, because I've had that happen a few times. Right. And after a while, your car starts to get damaged, so you have to take it to a mechanic shop to get it fixed. That's, so, I mean, that's there, cool, there are, yeah, there, there was a lot of interesting things that were just little things. I was like, all right, that's interesting yeah like it seems like there's a little more depth to it than you know what i was originally you know believing there was so and and like i said these screenshots i'm looking at like the colors are really cool on it you know yeah i mean i probably wouldn't buy it at the full price i got it during the spring sale on the playstation store sure i felt that that was a fair price for this game i wasn't i mean what did you buy it for like 10 uh, I think so. 10 or 15 bucks. I mean, it was relatively cheap. Okay. And what was it? Full price? Do you remember? I can't tell you off the top of my head. Gotcha. That's fine. 
Yeah, no, I mean it looks interesting. I don't I don't know if it's for me, but I I do think the um the visuals look pretty cool. And based yeah. on what you say, I, it, it's definitely got a little more to it than I thought there was. Uh, definitely, you know, vibing off of that cyberpunk, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. At, least, at least this one doesn't break on the console like Cyberpunk did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunate. I mean, having said that, when they do get it fixed and it gets put out onto the new systems, I will probably be picking it up for the PS5. Because uh, I, I, I do love that whole cyberpunk atmosphere, the, steer, the steampunk, the gearpunk. Those are just some of my favorite sci-fi styles. Sure, yeah. My, my wife and, played through it on PC, and she, she absolutely loved it. So, like, I, I know it's a great game. It's just unfortunate how it got shipped out to consoles. But, well, hopefully they'll get that fixed soon. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, with that, unless you have anything else you want to toss in there, I think that's that's all we got this time. Yeah, I think I'm good at this point. All right, cool. Uh, well, I'm glad for anybody that tuned in, and hopefully we'll be back sooner than later, within two weeks for another yeah. episode. But yeah, I'm, I mean that that's been the plan. Of course, things happen, and we have to kind of change when we have to do stuff, and right. that's. That's just life that that's gonna happen. Exactly, but um, you know, I mean, E three is coming up pretty soon. We've got some big releases coming out, so we will for sure be yeah. back within the next couple of weeks and have a brand new episode for you guys. We're trying to get it out to all the platforms. You know, right now it's being distributed out to uh, it's on it's on Google and and Spotify and a couple other ones, but I'm I'm trying to get it out to all of them. It's just yeah. you know, iTunes and stuff is taking its time with it. So hopefully hopefully it'll be out before too long on everything. But yeah. Um with that, uh thank you all for listening. I have been Indie Hero five thousand and this has been my co host Cygnus. And um hopefully we'll catch you next time.